Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Writers' Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to other writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 500 writers on the show, so please check the archives to find more writers and more TV shows of interest to you. I'm a writer myself, having written for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, and other programs. I have a couple of cool projects out this first quarter of 2017 that I hope you'll check out. One is a Supernatural Western comic book series from Boom Publishing that I wrote with my writing partner, Ben Acker, and our friend, the TV showrunner, Andrew Miller. It's beautifully illustrated by Hannah Christensen, and the first issue is available in comic stores and online February 8th. In March comes the first book in a series of young adult novels that Acker and I wrote called Star Wars Join the Resistance. It takes place just before The Force Awakens and is about a bunch of kids who join the fight against the First Order. But mostly they have adventures, fall in love with each other, and get in trouble. I hope you'll check out both of those projects. We're very proud of how they came out. Let me know who you'd like to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, like the color, only more so, liking the Writers Panel on Facebook, and visiting writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Reading those reviews really provides a pick-me-up. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writers Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! (laughs) This is how we start. (laughs) Okay. Sarah Violet Bliss and Frankie Shaw, thank you guys for being here. Please say hello on the microphone so people know what your voice sounds Uh, like. Hello, this is Sarah Violet Bliss. And tell people where they've seen your name on television. Um, Search Party... It's a TV show on TBS. Um, currently in its second currently, season. Yeah, we're about to... Or, or is, this will be out. Be out? Okay, started, so yeah, yeah it's, it's in its second season on Sundays yeah. at 10 p.m. And it's great. And Frankie. Uh, hi, Frankie Shaw. I have a show called Smilf on Showtime. It's aired one episode, <laughs> also Sundays at 10 p.m. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but in this day and age. We can watch TV anytime. Yes. Um, I don't really care. Uh, and your show's also great. Good job. Thank you. Um, let's get into it on both these shows. I think I'm curious to hear about the process of getting them on the air and why these were stories that you wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frankie, I'd like to start with you because Smilf feels... Uh, and I said this uh, online, and I will say this to you in a different kind of online right now. Um, it feels honest and funny and like like a story you had to tell. Yeah, I mean, I think, aren't they, shouldn't they all be stories we have to tell as we're wasting people's time? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was um, a, a, a pilot I had written to try to staff because mm-hmm. I was like sick of being broke, you know, and having a toddler and auditioning. And it's just, um, and then it sort of just morphed into this whole other thing. Um, once I wasn't trying to staff anymore and I was just trying to develop it. And um, it's sort of like a mixture of loosely based off of my on my life and then also just like parts of books I wanted to put in episodes. Um, the Price of Motherhood by Ann Crittenden mm-hmm. was like heavily influenced me. And then also, I don't know, as I was writing, there's a old book from the 90s called Global Woman. I don't know that. About nannies and sex workers. And so we got some stuff from there. I don't know. So it was a story I had to tell. Also, it's 
Um, I mean, we're always, we're telling the stories we get to tell too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, in a sort of a nuts and bolts way. Um, yeah. The story of this show uh, that we hear is it, it started as a short film. Well, it started as a pilot script. So that was my question. So the yeah. pilot script came first. Yeah, that came first. <clears throat> and then I kind of knew that the tone on the page wasn't how I saw it. So I'm like, oh, I better shoot a scene from it so people can <laughs> understand how I see it. <laughs> Shooting a scene and submitting it with a script is not a usual method of doing But things. people do have um, proof of concepts, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. That's what I meant for it. Di- I didn't know it would, ex- it was, it would be able to stand alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I was editing, and I was also sort of getting into this whole other world of filmmaking, um, where I'd been like solely as a, working as an actor and writer mm-hmm. privately, you know, and then once I started, well, an actor publicly and a an writer actor publicly, privately. exactly, writer publicly, <laughs> and then, um, and then it just sort of, and then the the scene became a short, and then that ended up going to Sundance, and then that sort of then made it, um, you know, just like a. What's the word I'm looking for? Valuable. Valuable. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. That's the term they all like use. other people. How do we make this valuable? Right. And it gave me the opportunity, really. Yeah, I really owe so much um, to Sundance, really. Because mm-hmm. um, that was just sort of submitted, you know, on a whim. And then we pitched it to Showtime. It was my first pitch. Oh, really? Yeah, and then... Had you pitched stuff before? No. Okay, I'm going to dig I, into that in a minute. I do feel like, like, as somebody who's auditioned, like, I have my 10,000 hours of auditioning. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of like I was just auditioning, playing this part of my self-selling show, <laughs> kind of. Um, yeah, and then it was just like a, a many months of developing that script that gotcha. ended up being the pilot, yeah. All right, and we'll get into that. Okay. Um, but Sarah Violet, let us talk about uh, Search Party. Great. Uh, you have two collaborators on this yeah. uh, from early on, your, your frequent yes. partner. Frequent partner, Charles Rogers, and also frequent partner, Michael Showalter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did this start to come together? Why was this a script? And again, yeah. like the first season especially, mm-hmm. Because it was so, the characters are so different to characters we see on television. Yeah. Uh, it had this weird comic honesty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, these are characters I recognize from life but had not seen on TV. And that mm-hmm. feels like that was potentially an uphill battle to pitch those characters. Yeah, well, we did kind of a similar thing in that mm-hmm. not, we, first of all, Charles and I had made a movie called Fort Tilden that, um, Love went to so, oh thank you <laughs> I'm always surprised if people have oh, seen yeah. it anyway um, um, and it went to South by Southwest and it won South by Southwest oh, and um, that's when we got our um, managers and agents okay. and attracted attention we were <laughs> and, um, valuable we were valuable <laughs> we were suddenly valuable with a plaque mm-hmm. that had our names on it um, and you guys wrote and directed this yes okay. and that that was our thesis project at NYU oh, okay. and that's also where we met Michael Showalter was at NYU because he was our teacher. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and so we... As the, the kosher kind of mentoring. Yes. <laughs> like what we've been hearing about lately. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I had shown Michael a nearly finished cut of it to like because he was my teacher and was like, Would you give your thoughts? And he loved it. And so then we went to the festival and then 
uh, met our manager today. I'm like making this really long story. Anyway, uh, sorry. <laughs> listen, this, you guys have this I'm like, I haven't even gotten to a search party yet. Anyway, um, so we went to LA and for a week of like general meetings. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, we we're like, we should move here. This is where everything happens. Um, so then. And we met with Michael while we were here too. And he was like, I want to work with you guys on whatever you want. Well, we, he was like, what do you guys want to do? And we're like, we want to make a TV show. And mm-hmm. he was like, I want to work with you on that. Um, That's interesting to me. Let me interrupt for a second. Yes. And I apologize. I'm going to interrupt you guys both a lot. Cause I want to sort of dig in on some things, but uh, having made this film, you guys said, now we want to do TV. Yeah. Why TV? And, and, you know, a lot of people come out of film school wanting to make films. Yeah. Um, I've always loved TV and um, I think that our characters and world was kind of like fun for TV and <laughs> love the, I love, I've always loved the idea that you can like develop characters over time with TV and like grow to love them and they can change and you don't know how they're going to change. And when you first start writing it necessarily. Um, and so, I don't know what why we were like because that's also a good way to transition from like this is our voice now let mm-hmm. like let us have a voice on TV or sure. you know like the, let me show you what how we can um, translate that yeah, and then and sustain that and sustain it yeah um, and so we had um, made the movie and um, people when you it's kind of like getting typecast like mm-hmm. you people want what they've seen that you have done successfully. Um, so we were trying to figure out what our show would be, which would, you know, separate itself from things like Broad City and Girls, which mm. kind of lives in the same world of the same... I mean, it does, because, like, New York 20-year-olds, right. like, with self-absorption and stuff like that, um, which we um, like to satirize. And, um, and so mm. we were trying to figure out, like what was going to be the thing that makes Mm -hmm. it different. And um, we partnered up with Jack's Media. And when we came together, we all had the idea that it could be a a mystery. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, extremely exciting to us because I also, like, had written a mystery script, comedy mystery script, and I love that. Mm -hmm. And and it just was like, oh, that's it. That, That feels really good. For a long time, we weren't quite sure what it was and we were like you know we could feel ourselves in rooms when we would have general meetings that are like that it was just like eh, like don't ask why it's different from girls and <laughs> like, so, and then so, they always sure. would so you had like, yeah, 20s New York yeah, something in that world you wanted to do right. but you just yeah. didn't know what yet yeah. without the thing to hang we, we knew, but we we were trying to like at, fr- at first it was like it's about like friendship breakups which was a Mm-hmm. thing thing mm-hmm. that kind of our movie was about and um and it just you, you there was just something that you could feel it was like not quite there mm-hmm. um and then when we were like let's make it a mystery show then it was like oh that all feels really good and in you know it's a comedy but like for us it's important <laughs> Um, especially about a comment on like, who are your real friends? And like, what in this world are you trying to make your place in this world and have um, what makes you like a valuable, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's bring that yeah. word up again, um, person. Um, and how are you going to um, feel good about who you are? Um, 
in doing something that's good, like saving someone or mm-hmm. like p- taking that upon themselves. Like the first season is about them um, trying to find this girl that they knew tangentially in college um, and, and saving her. And then, and so as we were writing it and we came up with what we, the ending of season one was like immediately. And that hmm. had this kind of like, that feels important to us. Like the idea that like you're trying so hard, kind of like a wizard of Oz sort of thing. Like, like you, you want, or not or like you want, um, this, you working so hard towards this thing, but once you mm-hmm. see what it actually is, it's not what you thought. And now they're at the end of season one, there are consequences. I don't know if right. I can like say, I mean, mm-hmm. there are you like can, ads everywhere anyway. So if you, you can say, like, end assume up, people have seen the first few So yeah. So, so it's, it's, uh, you know, th- at the end of season one, they end up killing someone. And so, they were like looking for problems to have like they they were looking for something meaningful and now they have something right. under their belt that is is i guess big. meaningful <laughs> it's, it's meaningful, definitely big and now they now yeah. yeah and now they have to hand deal deal with that but it's interesting as uh you know creating a way to sort of explore these big questions yeah. um and big issues that you guys want to talk about in a framework that is genre yeah. and comedy mm-hmm. with these characters yeah. like it, it feels it makes a lot of sense right you mm-hmm. have this sort of stuff you can hang it on mm-hmm. and then talk about actual things right right Frankie mm-hmm. what do you have to hang your show on this has been the difficult thing that I've had sort of parsing and watching the show is it's there's so little plot yeah, it feels like... There's no crutch there for you. Well, like, at first, you know, we had this pilot script, and she was an actress. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to write one more thing or see, really, about anything more about performers, right? Mm-hmm. And there's also this other thing of, like, it's you're in a place of privilege to have this, oh, what's the point of my life if you're really just, like struggling to survive. So there's this whole sort of class issue that we are just in by being in this world of like struggling blue collar South Boston. Um, so it's like, it's this thing where it's like, what does Bridget want? Mm-hmm. And like, what are her circumstances? And how do we make that into a dramatic story, storytelling? Yeah. You know? And so we go into, I mean, through the season, how many episodes have you seen? I've watched the first three. <laughs> Uh, but the, I thought the pilot was really interesting because of that question, what does Bridget want? She doesn't seem to know for most of it. Right. I mean, so that's the thing. It's like at the core, there's the relationship with her kid. So if you if you boil it down to wanting a better life for a kid than mm-hmm. she had. So like what are the means in which to give your child a better life when you really don't have a lot? And so there's this constant like two step, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. Um, and then, like, the other thing we really get into is how trauma has affected mm-hmm. her and other people in the show. So, like, the whys of their dysfunction and why maybe they're stunted. Per- perhaps, you know, there are reasons why they're stunted because of things that they're working out. And so that becomes, um, presents itself avenues to explore in terms of, you know, like the whole there's like a whole storyline of sexual abuse which is mentioned in the pilot mm-hmm. which we revisit in different places and then in the finale 
um, and mental illness with you too. And um, so it's sort of like, yeah, part of it is a study of life, more like in the vein of, I don't know what other shows do that. You know, Louis does Better that. Things, Better yeah. Things does that. But a lot of these sort of what we're calling auteur shows where it is sort of one creator and often the star as well are doing that kind of show. Um, But I haven't seen it quite like this, which is what I think I'm responding to. Uh, And I'm not sure what the quite like this is. Well, like tonally, it's not, there's not like a straight Mm -hmm. line of of the tone. So like we go into satire, we go into an absurd world sometimes Mm -hmm. because we are within, sometimes within fantasy. Um, and then it's also like very grounded and dramatic, and it also yeah. have, so it's like I think that's sometimes confusing to people because it's like where do we place this? Yeah, what? So you said when you first wrote the pilot, mm-hmm. um, it what you weren't conveying the tone, which is why you shot that scene. What to you wasn't quite coming across? Was it the complexity of it? It wasn't that it wasn't coming across. Okay. It was, I mean, maybe it wasn't. It was more like, I know how I see it. Uh, And I don't know if other people would know how I see it without seeing it. But that's an, this is an interesting question to me as someone who's just a writer. And you guys are both writer directors. And like, so you're giving yourselves that kind of control and ability to convey exactly what you see on the page. Um, I'm just curious about that process and like what your scripts actually look like when you know you're directing it. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. directed, like you said, six out of ten, is yeah. that what it was, of the second um, season? Yeah. Um, we also... And you had Showalter who yeah, directed some. Yes. Um, and we pitched it. The original show, we... The way that we did it was that Jack's media paid for the pilot and then we pitched it to networks. So oh, it was like a similar thing mm-hmm. so that people would like know what it was supposed to be Mm -hmm. Um, and um, just take it straight to series. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Um, And uh, there are pros and cons to that, but Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, when I don't think that, like, when we write it, we have something in mind, but it is such a collaborative thing that I don't think tone you write the tone as much as you can and and even like in the screen directions I find it helpful to to like write something like ugh you know like like that's yeah. how they feel you know like that's what is supposed <laughs> sure. to come across um uh but once you cast it and have a director of photography and a production designer and music that's when the tone all comes together and you don't know what it's going to be until it is there and that's um all you can really do is like i like like things as you're going along like i like writing this this feels good i i don't like that i need to fix that i like okay i'm what i'm like directing i i like what the actors are doing Mm -hmm. that that feels good and just like moving towards what feels good and right and not be too controlling of like but it has to be more like the the, like because it's just not going to be if the you just want everyone to play to their strengths and then so you hire lots of really great people and then together you guys all make the tone and that's fun finding out what it's going to be and you're like oh okay well I guess that's right you can only be so certain you can only be certain up to a point and at a certain point Mm -hmm. it's just reacting yes Um, has this been your experience yeah it's so interesting I love what you're saying because Mm -hmm. that's it's all just like a feeling yeah like oh it feels good doesn't feel good yeah yeah. at least when I'm 
directing. Yeah. Like, let's let's make it feel better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, well, do you direct episodes? Of yeah. Yours? Oh, my God. I can't see. I'm like, I love, I like to act. I don't do it much. Like, I don't pursue it. But, like, if someone asks me to do something, then I'll do it. But any time that I think about, like, should I, like, write a part for myself and search for it? Then I'm like, <laughs> my mind goes insane thinking about yeah. It's switching the it's brain. It's not ideal. And then being like <laughs> being on camera and memorizing line like I find I myself like ins- like I would be like, no way, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like in a scene and I'm like Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like you know, very often like <laughs> mid scene giving yeah. direction and yeah, then right, go right. back to the scene. You're which, responding to yourself. Well I'm like, okay, let's do it. Like, yeah, and oh, and God. everyone on the show <laughs> feel has like gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's very much and it feels like how you like just like in there yeah, yeah. with them yeah and so that's also I'm very in there when I'm in the scene you know yeah. but it's sort of like this thing of like yeah it's like a constant moving thing yeah yeah um yeah I mean we I watch the playback mm-hmm. and then I also have a great people who I trust yeah you know like my EP Scott King how was it yeah yeah so that's good is there a difference to you guys in the process and you both had writing staffs too right yeah um, so is there a difference to you in the process between writing and directing, or is it just an extension of the writing process? Or is the writing an extension of the directing process? I've never directed anything that I didn't write, actually. Mm-hmm. And so, I, well, I, that's not true, but um, what am I talking about? But but I mostly du- direct sure. things that I've already written, so I have a like comfort with knowing what I feel should be right for the scene. Um, I don't... Um, I don't know. Wait, what, what did you say? Let me change it to this. Mm. How did you guys... <laughs> you know, you, you created these things on your own with yeah. a couple of collaborators, and then you're suddenly faced with working with a writing staff. Oh, right. Uh, because they make the job easier. Um, and that's what TV is. How do you convey that initial vision to your staff? Like, what did you guys do as... Mm. Whether you were showrunners right, right. or whether you were paired with a showrunner, whatever it was, how did you contend with that? nature of making TV. Yeah. Well, one of the benefits of having made the pilot already was that they obviously all watched the pilot so they have an idea of what it is, but they also are, like, most helpful for generally um, us plotting out the whole season, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, our show is very plot-heavy, so, like, and the way that our show works, it's like we plot out all of the dramatics it doesn't seem like it's going to be funny at all like for yeah. a very long time it's just it's just like ooh that's dark and horrible i hope that <laughs> at one point we put a joke in there um um and uh and then we when it's time to like write the episodes you know they it's it's just almost just like all hands on deck like it's nice to like we all know what the show is supposed to be and what this scene is supposed to be at this point like we've all talked about broken down each episode and this scene is going to be this and this scene is going to be that and then Mm -hmm. they write it and they have like their opportunity to put in their own really really cool jokes and then and then at the end of it charles and i go over all the scripts and make it the tone that um and kind of punch it up you know in a way Mm -hmm. and um sure and put your voice on it yeah so like our voice is on all of the scripts Mm -hmm. um and like but the manpower Thank God we have that. <laughs> it's insane. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're not going to write ten scripts. No, but yeah. you know, like it's just, it's a lot of, um, it, like, uh, 
everyone just kind of knows that that's how it works and it's oh, it's good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, re- the rewriting. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. 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 Pretty similar actually. I mean, yeah, I never I've never been in a writer's room. And so, had you been in a writer's room before? I yes, I was in um Wet Hot American oh, yeah. Summer and then um Mozart in the Jungle for okay. the second season. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, everyone watched the pilot. I actually had a mini room before mm-hmm. my main room started, which was sort of like a taste, you know? Mm-hmm. And I talked to some showrunners that I knew. I was like, how do you run your room? How do you do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Showalter was helpful to mm-hmm. me. Love Is that right? Him. Yes. That's great. Um, and then it just becomes about like, yeah, having people who can give you something that you can work off of, too, to make yeah. it into the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that... Um, and, and it was sort of just like trial by error and, and just figuring that out. Um, certain scripts needed more help, others didn't, you know. And um, it was like, great to have this uh, really eclectic, smart group of people, like to have this sort of manpower, like you're mm-hmm. saying. Um, and we also were under like an, a really crazy time crunch because we started the room on June 4th and then we started shooting August 22nd. <gasps> wow. Oh my God. And, and For how many episodes? Eight. Um, and but we did reshot a bunch of the pilot because mm-hmm. there's a recast. And so, um, yeah, it was just like we didn't really have a lot of time for like <laughs> fucking around, you know? It was just we were just going from 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 the start. We, we actually... Me and like two or three writers went to Palm Springs for the last week and wrote like the last three scripts, wow. right? The week before the one week of prep we had. <laughs> so cow. it was really, but I would say also it's like for me, once I get to set, I'm like, oh, we could throw it all out mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, it's like, I mean, it's oftentimes you don't. Right. Um, and the, and the, you know, the skeleton is there, but it's, um, We'll rehearse. Like the rehearsal process is really important to me, and it's like, and it's same thing. What doesn't feel right? Okay, let's figure this out. Let's try to um, rewrite on the spot if we have to. And it, that's an interesting thing. And this actually came up in the last recording we did, where you know you do all this work up front of breaking the show and writing the show, and then when you get to set, it can be a very different thing, especially mm-hmm. for the shows that you guys are working on. There is a certain looseness. I don't know how much of it is scripted and how much is not or, you know, what that process is, but we go through that first part, which involves the network and other entities who want to weigh in on this thing Mm -hmm. with the understanding that I think we all have that it's going to change. Right. So why do we go through that first part? (laughs) And what was that first part like? It's invaluable, though, because you have the skeleton there, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you you don't change one single punctuation. Like, Mm -hmm. it all remains... And then it's also just because it is a collaborative experience. And so there are a lot of people and there's a lot of money going into it. And so it's like, how do we collectively move something forward? And I think something is written to be read and that's different than something. And then once you, once it's on its feet, it's not like it'd be different if like the network executive showed up and we acted it out and then they gave notes that that would be like, a lot, you know, um, maybe more useful. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's part of, the process it seems to work it seems to work yeah <laughs> but there's also a difference again like i said from between your show and like an aaron sorkin show yeah where like he writes it and that is what they say like right. there's the characters feel a little more lived in on, right. on your shows and mm-hmm. like the they talk like humans <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i want to get back to the writing 
uh, staffs that you guys had. And when you were hiring writers, what were you looking for? What was your expectation of your writers, and how did that change? Yeah, um, we hired a lot of people from Wet Hot who we had already worked with and knew what they were like, um, and that was great. And then we hired um, people that we had met and knew and under, knew would understand the show and kind of also have the same sense of humor as us. Mm-hmm. Um, and what were you reading? We were reading or watching stuff that they've okay. made. Um, scripts. The scripts are, like, I honestly don't love reading script like like it like everything it probably i'm probably not reading it the way it's intended to mm-hmm. be sh- like mm-hmm. shown and like you get so many scripts you immediately hate them like just be, like just <laughs> by virtue of having to like read homework. them mm-hmm. yeah like you hate it already and you're like this is dumb or whatever <laughs> and it's not and it's not their fault and whatever no. so um and it also kind of ends up like the reason people end up hiring the same people is because like you know them and yeah. you know that what they're going to do and when you every any time that you do end up like taking a risk on some someone that script was like good sometimes it doesn't work out sure. and like it's and it's just like yeah it's a gamble and it, you just don't want to gamble on anything and that's why that that kind of chicken and egg thing happens mm-hmm. um it makes a lot of sense but um yeah it's so that um, oh, can I just respond to something <laughs> from earlier <laughs> um, that I wanted? Because you, yeah. you you were asking about um, why do the whole writing if you mm-hmm. end up throwing it out? Um, and in my show, we, first of all, just having the preparation, like Frankie was saying, is like invaluable, and just knowing knowing at least that you have it is like great. And but also like we tend to overwrite search party to make sure that everything is really clear, and then like it feels like it's so necessary to have a certain scene. And then when you're editing, you're like, Oh, we don't need this scene like this. It's obvious like that, that piece of exposition is, is there and, or, or like, but people won't know that she came from this place or whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, like that sort of stuff. So like, it's just, it's good to like, make sure you just have everything and then, Mm -hmm. and then, and then, Edit down later when you, you know you see it, that it doesn't need it anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what was your was your expectation of your room? What you got out of it? I mean, did you bring them in really to do these sort of big breaks of the plot? Yeah. Well, we def we went like we figured it out as we were going. I remember my first day. I was so nervous about. It. I was like, "What is it? What am I supposed to do? Like, how am I supposed to be a leader? You know, today? Like, but um, it's more just like hanging out and everyone using their smart brains to like come up with stuff. And like, we talked a little bit about what we wanted, like philosophically, for the show to be. We talk about that a lot. We mm-hmm. like there will be full days where we're just. Like, but if the show is about that, then that's not okay to me. And like, <laughs> so you know, like it gets very passionate sure. and like, um, really fe- feeling what is exciting to everyone about mm-hmm. the show. And like that, that stuff is really important. It's kind of like in the same way that you, when you have rehearsals with actors, it's just like talking about mm-hmm. like what it is. You know, it's very exciting, <laughs> and that and that's helpful for me too because it helps me remember what I like or think of something new about what I like and. Um, uh, and what other people like and I you know it's fu- funny like lis- just listening to 
sometimes I've heard people talk about the show on podcasts and they're like, and really the show is about this. And I'm like, oh, I guess it is about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I definitely had that in mind as I was writing it. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it, they when they came in, um, we just figured it out as we were going but we did have the like plan of like okay first we'll break break it all out and then we'll go up episode by episode and then mm. that'll mess things up and then we have to you know re-break and just knowing having been in writers rooms before and also just writing my whole life I you know that you hit a wall where you're like this sucks everything sucks <laughs> and like mm-hmm. that there that never goes away that's just always going to be <laughs> unfortunately yeah. part of the process exactly. <laughs> and you just have to comfortably as comfortably as possible like move past that and then then you're like okay it's working <laughs> okay it's gonna be okay <laughs> it's at least just gonna be fine right <laughs> uh, i want to pick that up in a second but mm-hmm. frankie in how big was your room it was pretty big uh, about nine oh people. wow yeah that is a lot mm-hmm. um and again what was your expectation what were you hoping they would bring what kind of stuff were you reading Who were you bringing in? well so I was sort of, you know, we started the process alone at first. So I was like just reading every level sort of on my own. Oh, sure. Just like trying to figure it out. You know, we talked like who, and it was sort of just like a crapshoot. It was like, you know, you meet with all these people for 20 minutes. You read one script and you're like, I maybe like, let's try it. (laughs) And then you forget everyone. We can talk about this for a second. And we talked when you were looking for someone who had been in TV, who could sort of act as like a Mm co-showrunner, right? Um, Or at least a strong number two. I can't remember what it's. Yeah. I was looking for a number two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But who sort of had a record in Who has done it before. Um, Exactly. And you were reading a lot of people and you were meeting a lot of people. Yeah. And it's funny. I ended up hiring somebody whose scripts were nothing like my show and had never really? done anything like my show. And it was the best decision I made on the show. Who was it? Scott King, okay. who did Difficult People and yeah. ran, show ran that show. And he's incredible because um, he has so much experience and he just like wanted to support the show. You know, and was just... He's, and so how it often worked is we were in such a time crunch is that... Him and Zach, my husband, who's a writer on the show, would start with some of the other writers Hmm. of, like, uh, breaking a story while I was writing the script. And it would be one of those things. And I'd come in and give feedback and go back. And I'd have to write on a bed. So I had a bed in (laughs) my office. You have to write on a bed? Like, I write better if I'm not on a desk. I have to, like... Like, That's hilarious. Crush my whole, like support my whole body. Yeah. Like, on I, a computer, though. On a computer. That's so funny. And so it was sort of like this. This it was the only way it could work with the f- few amount of weeks we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what I learned too is just like it's really important to have people who've been in a room. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard um, some people who are so lovely and great, but it, there's like a whole dynamic of participation, which is just a. a you know, it's a learned technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it, pe- then people do learn, you know, but I remember right. calling Jill Soloway and like, people keep saying no. Everyone keeps saying no. What do I do? And she's like, I have a sheet for it. And it's like, and she gave me this sheet to hand out to people, which was only the person running the room can say no right. to an idea, <laughs> which I, it's like, that's, that's the funny. type of thing where like when I, ha- cause I haven't done it, I'm like, it's just the, it's t- the ideas are just being shut down before they can wow. be explored. Yeah. Um, and so that was really helpful, and things sort of shifted after that. That's um, really neat. Yeah. That's funny. What were some of these other things that you sort of learned on the job? 
Oh my god. I mean, it's a million things. <laughs> it's a million the room things specifically. Um, I mean, that was probably the first thing was like, you know, I I also like you're like oh you working with people you've worked before like like oh yeah now it's like this. But I hadn't, so there was no one, you know? <laughs> you had your um, husband. <laughs> yeah, but we'd never even worked before. Sure. And actually, that was a cool thing where he wasn't even going to be on the staff. Oh, really? And then he came, we had like room for maybe one more writer, and he came in maybe the fourth day, and he had written on NCIS. And he sort <laughs> of like has like this br- structure brain, and he came in on the fourth day for an afternoon and just started like pitching some stuff, and we were like, <gasps> you need to be in the room. <laughs> and so that was sort of like an amazing thing because then through production, really only him and Scott mm-hmm. maintained, you know, and stayed. And so they ended up being the two other producers on it too, sure. which was so just helpful, you know. Well, it's enormous. And, and you sort of touched on this there, Violet, that having those people who are all on the same page, right, yeah. who know what the ultimate vision of the show is. Yeah. Um, and it's something you can't train. It's they're either going to be there quickly or they're yeah. going to get to it. Right. But ideally, you need it quickly. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, there, well, there's we, no time to train people how to be. In and a room. we right, and and we are my original writer's assistant from the mini room mm-hmm. was the person who could actually write the show the closest. Interesting. So she became a staff writer, right. and it was like if we were had scenes that needed to be written real quickly while we were still shooting, like she would be the one. Oh, that's awesome. And so that was an. I'm like, I hope <laughs> she'll work with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're not going to yeah. let her go. Um, there's an interesting thing on, on both of your shows where you have these characters who uh, need to make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? These are deeply flawed characters who we need to see make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never hard to root for them. You know, likability is a thing that often gets talked about in television. I don't know if it's as big an issue as it was five, ten years ago. But you do want to be along for the journey. So I'm curious about finding that balance, like letting your characters fail, letting your characters make big, stupid mistakes, but also not alienating the audience. I think in our show there's an optimism with the characters, whereas like a lot of... I don't know. That that's like that's just been a talking point with mm-hmm. some people who've seen the show. Is just like um, there is like a levity even through like all the sort of like the darker things, and so you're not um, you're not like caught into this like fuck the world pessimism that can be that can exist, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and so that's part of it. And then also for Bridget, I feel like she's well intentioned mm-hmm. and she like has these moments where she, you know she, her kid is the most important thing so that keeps you rooting mm-hmm. for her um she's just struggling but we also see was it in the th- second episode or the third episode where uh she, the the person for whom she tutors oh yeah the know, second episode when she sort of acts out at the house yeah <laughs> um which was this great and very uh, comic moment and it turned into some real great dramatic stuff mm-hmm. but it's hard to watch her do that, right? As the kids in line at but the hospital, but it's also like this gender double standard because, like, mm-hmm. how many times have we seen some middle-aged dude date some young girl, and we're like, "Huh, good job." Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, and if it's uncomfortable, then it's working, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the flip of that. I mean, he's not underage. Oh, that's not even the part of talking. Oh, it's it was not? just the. Uh, <laughs> it was the. I don't know. Like you celebrate her getting the moment to step into the bath oh, and that. put on the robe yeah. and hang out and just <laughs> fucking relax for a minute. Mm-hmm. But 
it's also like, well, she's she's stepping out of her life for a minute, right. and we know the stakes and right, how her important her sick, life is to her. That. Yeah, right. Like that feels like a delicate balance to me, and I wonder if that was a conversation or like how it was considered in that moment. And there are a few moments like that throughout the series. Yeah, it's funny that bath moment was a scene that I imagined really even before the episode <laughs> came together. I was like, well, getting into her boss's. Dirty bath water, <laughs> like, like in like as a moment of relief. I don't know, just like the escapism. I feel yeah. like that's also what the show deals with a lot is like different people's way way to escape. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, the likability thing, it does come up, especially with like network notes. Right? You know, it's like like even in the pilot. At first, I didn't have her getting the audition, like getting hmm. the part, and it was part of the thing. Like, it's more. It's not. It's it's never. Put in terms of like ability, but yeah. more like, can she get a win? Yeah, you hear that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, and it's interesting. So, did you struggle with, for example, letting her get that audition or letting her get that job? Um, no, it's like a feeling thing. I'm like, okay, that kind of feels maybe mm-hmm. she. Let's try it. Like, let's write it and try it. Right. And, it, and then the fallout yeah. from it actually provides great story, right. and, and we get to see her yeah, lose like, again. Right. Exactly. Which is horrible. Like, it's harrowing seeing that stuff. Yeah. But it's also very funny. Yeah, that was fun to shoot that. Oh, God. (laughs) Which I feel like you guys trade in that a lot, too, is like, this is horrible to watch, but it's really entertaining as well. Yeah. Like, do you, is there talk about that line? Um, I don't know if we actually, like, make a point of talking about it as much, well, uh, in terms of, like, the decisions that people are making, like, if it's funny to us, then like we're fine with it, and then and also it's funny because it's true, and yeah. like it's um, you know as long as people want things in the world and have attachments, then they're gonna do sometimes not good things to get those things that they want, <laughs> sure. um, and that's just how it works. And then especially in season two, they're they're like fighting to survive, so it's like like what. How, how am I going to like protect myself and also be a good person and make the right decisions? And they have to make mistakes in order mm-hmm. for, you know, they, they, sometimes they're in positions where like, there is no, there is no good answer. There's not an answer that like keeps me as a good person and, um, yeah. <laughs> and saves myself. So like, um, you know, the, like I like that about the human about human behavior. <laughs> like, I think uh, that's what I find interesting. I'm sorry, did you say the humans? The humans. Are you... <laughs> I know. The you, humans. Um, when you're writing, do you write yourself into... Yeah, for sure. I mean, like... Alia, or are you, like, do you... Is there a character? The, I mean, well, I guess... Um, all of them, in a way, just in... And, and also, like, my friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, like, there's definitely things about like how me and my friends function that I can relate to in the characters that that I recognize is not necessarily like the most um, nice aspect of my personality or like Mm -hmm. what the things that I want and desire. Um, I think, and particularly like trying to hit on the things that people are in denial about themselves. And Mm -hmm. that's interesting to me. And that feels like a tough needle to thread as a writer. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you you want to be protective of your characters and of yourself, but mm-hmm. you want to be honest and dig deep and give them flaws. 
So how do you guys thread that needle? I think just by like honestly like making them funny and, and fun mm-hmm. and like making the choices that make that they make like selfish in a funny way. You know, like <laughs> yeah. they ca- they can't just you have to make sure that there's like that you understand why they're making those choices and also that like you kind of like dismiss it because it's just we've hidden it with it being funny right. or something, you know, like well, the char- you I think do you, a lot. You guys do a great work making the characters feel justified. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they can justify anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can and have. To themselves, they'll justify it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What about that emotional honesty on the page? Mm. I mean, I th- on the page? Yeah. Well, I just feel like it's, I mean, it, it really has to do with the characters knowing why they're doing it, right? For me, at least, it's, mm-hmm. like, justifying it, you know, and having, you know, and I think that's harder sometimes with newer characters. It's, like, some, the characters in the pilot I had lived with for, with for so long, and then it was um, introducing some newer characters, and it was just about um, just spending some time getting into their psychology. What was that process? Um, I mean, sometimes it would be, it would be, like, you know, my first idea for the friend Eliza, you know, it's like, um, and then it was like, no, we needed to be deeper. We needed to know each other longer. And then we ended up coming back to that very first idea that they met in like the food recovery group. And I don't know, it's just like, (laughs) as we're going, um, some of it is getting the feedback, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's this mixture of separating the real people from then, you know, the fictional. Yeah. And sometimes people are terrible, you know, like people are selfish and let's see that too, you know. Are there rules to the worlds that you guys have developed uh, that either were there from the start or that you discovered as you went along? Hmm. No rules. No. I think so. <laughs> I'm like trying to think. I mean, I'm thinking about the first episode of season two is the most like, let's make sure we justify all their behavior like because mm-hmm. they have to they make the big inciting <laughs> incident yeah. decision of the whole series and that was like the most um how do we justify them doing the wrong thing in this mm-hmm. moment and it's i not what i think i would do necessarily so how do i get on the like how do i get behind Sorry. the things mm-hmm. that they would do um but in terms of like breaking like rules of that i guess the sort of the subset question is like being the person the only person who gets to say no in the room oh. uh, as the fruit showrunner as so oh. ideas are coming okay, out like so how like, do you start to guide like your writers rule of like you know it's like oh no we've seen it so many times mm-hmm. or that's a bi- that's a big thing or just like on the that's an on the nose way sure. so like what is an, not an on, like what how are like circuitous ways of like getting into our world and our characters that's not just like saying the thing mm-hmm. for have, us yeah, yeah we have the like exact same thing with that where it's just like what's the search party version of a um date scene you know like yeah. that's mm-hmm. not it can't just be like it has to. There has to be something flipped on its head in some way. Like, like, uh, how do we like make it like the cult episode in season one? You know, yeah. like it, uh, it can't be like, yeah, like yeah. it can't just be 
straightforward. It has to have more than that. Yeah. It's funny. Like, we had these things. Well, first of all, we're like, we. it's funny how Showtime is sometimes marketing it as, like, dating. And we're like, we're not going to Bridget date the entire first season. <laughs> so it's, like, young. So it's, like, so not what that yeah. is. And we that was really important. Like, it's she's not going to fight with the new girlfriend. It's not mm-hmm. going to get catty. She's not going to, like, try to find a guy. Like, and then it was, um, we would also be like, if we were talking about some some things that we thought were like particularly feminist or particularly funny, we'd be like, oh, we dropped a nuss bomb from Emily <laughs> Nuss bomb, which <laughs> we're like, oh, it's a nuss bomb. So that was kind of another little thing nice. in the room. <laughs> yeah. um, very quickly, and then we'll, we'll uh, start to wrap up. Uh, how much is actually broken in the room? Um, like, how detailed do you guys get in the outlines and even in the Very beats? detailed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very detailed. Um, so, like, it just makes the script writing a lot easier once if, it, if it's just, like, literally we've talked through every single scene and been like, that's what this scene is about. It starts here, it ends here, This and this needs to happen so that when people are writing the scripts, they're not, like... And then you can always tell, like, where the weak... Where, like, we've kind of, like like slacked on a scene sure. where like and then something will happen there and then like once it gets to writing it it's like oh, fuck what is it um yeah. uh but yeah it's very detailed and broken down i mean it after a certain point we end up losing our writers and it's just us doing all of that but um but we really break the story before we put it on the page and then it makes writing it a yeah. lot like smoother for sure and what do you show to uh, network to the studio we show um, first we do a round of um, like uh, um, outlines for each episode Mm -hmm. like that is basically just a um, like prose document (laughs) that says what yeah yeah, what what it's going to be like each episode Um, and then we show them scripts and 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 they give notes and blah 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 and how how are their notes like what do you get from we get it's it's good because particularly with our show like things need to make sense and it's always it's great to like we think something makes sense and then to them to be like, what, why did that happen? You're like, Oh, okay. We, that's something that we need to fix. And they, they also are really supportive and love the show and don't have annoying notes. Like they just have, have like clarity. Yeah. Clarity. And, um, and, and then, and with, in on every step of the way, they're pretty good. Like they don't give us over notice. And then like when we send them edits, it's like, they usually give like three to eight notes you know and mm-hmm. and like we do most of them because they're that's great yeah nice. they're great um, <laughs> the same question how uh broken i mean i know you, you had so, sort of a strange situation with you writing and then checking in on the room but that was yeah that was the the general format would be we would put cards up on the board for the general beats then we actually all well like there would be maybe four of us who would then group outline mm-hmm. we'd have someone we on the monitor typing and then we would be sort oh, of wow. dictating um and then we would turn that into the network. Okay. Um, and what kind of notes do you get from Showtime? They're fantastic. They really are. <laughs> That's great. Because they deeply care, and they it's just like lively and heated debates, and sometimes one network executive doesn't agree with the other one, and it's a conversation. And it's like just trying to understand... Um, each other and what our intentions are and so it's always helpful it you know it always makes it better yeah that's yeah. great mm-hmm. um i wanted to follow up on one thing i forgot to ask about because uh, i sort of cut you both off at this point but 
uh, when you pitched the show to the networks, and you said Showtime was the first place mm-hmm. you pitched, um, they obviously had the short to go right. on. Um, but you'd still have to say, like, here's why this is a show. It was right? a 20-minute monologue, essentially, that I had memorized <laughs> and spent two months writing, essentially. Oh, my God. Yeah. What, what was in there? Oh, God. I mean, I could probably do it for you right here. <laughs> I mean, it was just like who I am, why this show is important, who here are the characters, here are the world, here's the world, here's some, uh, the pilot episode broken down essentially, which was nothing like what I ended up doing. Oh, really? And then here's some episode ideas. Okay. Um, yeah. Which and then like the most important thing was for it to sound like I was making it up as I was going. Oh, it's all. Yeah, why right? is that important? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody thinks it's true. I know. <laughs> um, but that's interesting. I mean, the what made me ask is like in watching both of these shows in close proximity to each other, like it to pitch Search Party seems like look, we need ten episodes. Yeah, yeah. This is a story that mm-hmm. you know is right. so. There's a cliffhanger at the end of every episode, and yeah. it's a serial, highly serialized story. Whereas Smith wouldn't necessarily need to be that, no. right? It's sort of lightly serialized. Yeah. Um, did you have to justify this being a series rather than an indie movie? I didn't even have to, to yourself justify. before to them. No, because I there's. I mean, I have the story. There are stories, you know? I don't think something has to be um, serious, so understood, serialized to justify a series. But, um, no, they never they never questioned it. Or, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. So when you um, finished season one mm-hmm. and we're going to start season two, like, did you have it? Did you know? No. I mean, we knew all we... Oh, totally terrified. (laughs) Um, And I'm terrified for season three, too. I mean, I know. I'm just like, oh, like, there's a bunch of, like, we will figure that out when we need to. And I trust that that'll happen. But, um, I mean, after season one, we were like, okay, well, we know generally what season two is. But we had just, like, learned how to write a mystery that wasn't that was about nothing you know like we had learned how to do that and now we're done with that that's not what season two is so now we have to learn a completely different genre and like that and it's we thought it would be easier than it was but but we were like we're like it'll be challenging but like this was like (gasps) like I thought season one was the hardest thing and then then season two was the hardest thing I've ever done season three will probably be the next hardest thing I've ever done so um I mean I'm like it's but the, I don't. It doesn't scare me though. That I. I mean, it scares me a little bit. But it's. But it, I trust that we will make something good because mm-hmm. I feel that we can't. We can't do something like I can't look at a scene that's not good and shoot it. Like I just right. can't. Mm-hmm. Like so that, that, or at least that I don't like. You know, like yeah. I. So you know, the quality is going to be there. Yeah, because I. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, but but um. But yeah, in term, it's it's not all. I don't have some master plan in my brain. Yeah. Did you guys purposely write yourselves into a corner? At yeah, the end of the I mean that, that's also kind of what we like know is what makes things good. It's mm-hmm. just like do something that's impossible to get out of, yeah. and then you and then you have to figure out. Mm-hmm. You have to do some math. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, like it feels like Smilf could run forever. Uh, it's be the grandmother. <laughs> um, you know, like, is there a plan? Do you have to pitch a five-year plan, or do you have to think of it for yourself? Um, I mean, there's like a there's a vague plan. Okay. Um, 
but there's nothing like that I have to pitch or I've had to pitch. That's good. Um, yeah. Showtime is really interesting in that way. Like when we were doing the pilot, they never wanted a Bible. They never wanted season episode two. Wow. Yeah. Which is, I think, why they were like after they were deciding if they were going to pick up the pilot. Like, can you write? They first said, can you write two scripts? Because hmm. like, we really don't know what, because it could really go anywhere, <laughs> right. you know. Um, that's what the fun of it. Let us wrap up. Uh, again, we'll say uh, Search Party Season 2 is now on television. <laughs> yes. Uh, people can and should watch it. And Season 1 is out there for people to catch up to. Yes. If they haven't seen already. And Smilf uh, is Season 1 mm-hmm. is now running on television. Correct. Head to head on Sunday nights. It's okay, guys. Just watch it when you want. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Whatever you want. In fact, I'd prefer it if you watched it on, like, because the air versions on TBS are 21 minutes, and then if you do on demand, it's 23. And oh, is nice. that right? I prefer the 23 I was minute ask version. You, like 21. I was watching these episodes. Oh, 21 is <laughs> so, so short. I know. I know. <laughs> like Smilf felt like two hours We're after watching a third part, <laughs> <laughs> and it's only like, 25. Well, it's 28 and a half. Some of them wow. are 30. But 21 oh, minutes, really. cramming story into that with at least four main characters. That's, that's it's insane. very hard. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's hard. Um, yeah, I would prefer 25 minutes, I think. That would be the ideal. The ideal, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, you guys are both pulling it off. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you for having us. Let me ask you guys, just before we wrap up, what you are watching on television these days. What is getting you excited or inspired? What are you talking about with your rooms, your your significant others, anyone in your lives, or uh, what are you thinking about a lot? Uh, whoever wants to jump in. Hmm. What are you watching? No, I don't like know. watching anything right now, um, I'm excited to watch Lady Dynamite. Um, yes. I, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited to. Um, and also, like, I just, I like shows that, that are, like, not on the air anymore, but I'm like, I love getting on, and I love, mm-hmm. um, uh, oh my god, Enlightened. Like, things that are, like, mm-hmm. they're not on right now, but those are really good shows. You should watch them. <laughs> Fleabag. I love Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are good answers. Yeah, I'm just coming out of shooting, yeah. so I haven't really watched anything at all. Mm-hmm. But um, Americans is one of my favorite shows. Right. Um, what else? Um, I'm excited that I'm, I'm excited to see what they're doing with the Roseanne reboot. I'm really curious to see. That was yeah. After so many things have come back to various degrees of creative success. Yeah. Like that's an interesting show. To bring I back. did watch the Mr. Robot one take episode. They did a whole episode. It was just the last one, which was fucking amazing. Everyone should watch that. Oh, neat. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. These are good. Thank you guys for being here. Thank Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now leaving Nerdist.com. 